Welcome football fans. Buckle up for another hard-hitting episode of Player 54 Podcast, a show focused solely on the XFL. From a sunny Southwest Florida studio, here's your host, Michael Lathrop. Hello, football fans. This is episode 58, Jawan's XFL Return. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Royal Retros by 503 Sports. Royal Retros are the king of throwbacks. Royal Retros by 503 Sports provides a line of merchandise from legendary defunct leagues such as the XFL 1.0. If you've always wanted to get yourself a quality Las Vegas Outlaws He Hate Me or Los Angeles Extreme Tommy Maddox jersey, perhaps even an OG XFL's team's t-shirt, we have you covered. Simply click on the link provided in the show's description and notes and enter the code Let's Talk XFL at checkout to receive 10% off your purchase. I would like to take a moment to make a correction from the last episode. Last week, I mistakenly said Brian Williams when I meant to say Brandon Williams. Brandon Williams was appointed as Vice President of Business and Events Operations of the St. Louis Battlehawks. This week, we have some interesting XFL developments to cover. In addition, Vegas Vipers draftee and former New York Guardians linebacker Jawan Johnson joins the show to discuss his football journey and XFL draft experience. But first, we have those developments to cover. So, let's get to it. On December 19th, the Pro Football Hall of Fame Luncheon Club welcomed XFL Chief Revenue Officer Erica Mielman to speak. During her speech, Mielman discussed her career in sports, which included her roles with the XFL. Afterward, she participated in a Q&A where some interesting things were shared. First being, the league and its broadcasting partner, Walt Disney, are in discussions of potentially placing games on Thursday, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Second, The league is open to expansion, and Mexico City was mentioned as a potential market. Third, Canton's Hall of Fame Stadium was ruled out for hosting any XFL games. Muehlman stated all games will be played in one of the eight stadiums the league has agreements with, which alludes to a Vegas Vipers venue already being secured within their market. If you haven't already, I recommend listening to her speaking engagement. It is definitely worthwhile. As I had previously mentioned, I will now be joined by Vegas Vipers draftee and former New York Guardians linebacker, Jawan Johnson, to discuss his football journey and XFL draft experience. Welcome, Jawan. I appreciate taking the time to come on to the show to discuss your football journey and XFL draft experience. Before we get into the XFL draft, I think it would be beneficial if we provide our listeners a little bit of your background to help them inform of who you are, where you've been, and how this journey is kind of all coming about. So you began your collegiate career at Division I Northern Illinois University before yeah. transferring to Texas Christian University. Talk yeah. about them, man. They're having a heck of a season. Man, having, a great year, man. having a great <laughs> year, man. Having a great year. We could have done that my senior year. <laughs> no, no it's, uh, it's amazing. Now, that journey was uh, – I had um, going to NIU. That was my pretty much my only offer coming out of high school. And um, – it was a great experience. Um, I loved the coaches. I loved everything. Really, it was just um, I had like a pre a, a a bad pre grade, like draft grade that I didn't really like. So I was like, I want to go somewhere bigger, you know, play you know bigger, better opponents, pretty much. And um, 
So I played really well at TC, um, at NIU and um, like PFF had me at, like the number one linebacker at the time. And um, so then I transferred to, TC, to TCU. I had a few schools that I was, you know, chirping with, but TCU was like closest to home because I'm originally from that area. So um, I ended up coming back to TCU and um, things went like, I just had like a mental, mental like, um, like a debrief. And like, I wasn't myself at the time when I got to TCU. So things happened. I didn't like play the first couple six games or whatever. Then I finally got the plan going well. And then, um, you know, it took off from there, but uh, that was a great, man. I learned a lot at TCU, Coach P and uh, Glasgow and all that, some great minds. And man, they had me thinking like, dang, ain't no defense could get this in depth. So um, no, I enjoyed the journey and I learned from, you know, both. So um, it's been a pleasant to, um, get to understand that, uh, man, this football is way more in-depth than – because the NIU, the, the playbook was – it wasn't just easy, but it wasn't in-depth. Coach P has a really in-depth, sharp playbook. So, um, like, I had, I, I realized, like, oh, man, this is what, you know, what the NFL feels like. And um, so I got to, um, you know, learn early hand before I even got to professional ball, like, what a real defensive playbook looks like. Well, it's interesting because I've had people from all sorts of backgrounds, JUCO, Division three, D2, NAIA. And I mean, I've just reached out because I think it's so important just to kind of get a feel for everyone, right? Because that's what makes up the ecosystem, the football ecosystem. There's so many players for various reasons that play wherever they do. Now, you were blessed to play Division one ball, you know, Mac, eventually Big 12. But the reality is, you know, how did that really that transfer opportunity when you decided to enter the portal? How did that come about? I mean, was it like a guarantee? Did you know there was going to be interest? Kind of, did you have some feelers somehow out there? I know I don't, I'm not trying to say any, you know, NCAA rules got violated, but I'm just trying to say, did you have a good feeling that if you're doing this, it was going to be likely? Yeah, because um, my like I said, my my uh, junior year and I, I had a really great season. I had like five, six interceptions, like five, seven turnovers, five forced fumbles. I had like. 18 TFS. I had like a, a stellar year. And um, so when I said I was going to transfer, I didn't even put my same name in the portal yet. I had Bama. I had a lot of schools, you know, like, hey, is your name in the portal? So I already knew, like, you know, it was um, it was a big spark going around about my name. And like I said, PFF put it out there. Like, if you go look at 2017, USC PFF got me as the number one linebacker. And there's some great guys in that class, Roquan and a few other guys. And they had me with the highest grade coming out. So um, when I made that decision that I was going to transfer, and uh, honestly, I was going forward to jump into the first round because I was getting a bad grade of like, I think it was like fourth round at the time. And I was like, man, I'm a first round linebacker. In my mind, I was like, I, I chase the stars. You know, I, I settle for less, but I chase the stars and, you know, hoping I grab it. And I was trying to get into the first round. Like I said, I went through a, a strong situation at that. Right at that point when I transferred, I just went through a lot and kind of like, um, I ain't gonna say I wasn't as hungry, but I kind of just, I don't know how to explain it. it just was, I wasn't me at the time. So, uh, you know, now, like, I've been through a lot, going through a lot. Like, I feel like I'm back in my best. Like, mentally, I've been so in, in so long. So, like, I'm ready to get to work and, you know, bring these dreams back, you know, to reality. Well, life happens, right? We yeah. all have whatever. We talk about that term adversity for whatever reason. And some people have it more so than others. And, you know, there's even those funks. People could just get into a funk for whatever reason it is. But, you know, it didn't define you, right? You had a couple games. You went right in. You were even a player of the week. I guess well, Oklahoma State at one point, defensive player of the week. So yeah, I mean, I, I got it. I got it. I got it that week and the bowl week. I got it. Um, both of those. Um, so um, yeah, like I said, it was 
Like I was in that, like you said, that funk. I was in that funk for them that first little bit. Like I just couldn't like, could, like my brain would connect with football at the time. And then I don't know what happened. I just like snap. I'm like, man, I'm back. And then before you know it, Coach P put me in there. I was like, you know, it just started happening. Everything started happening again. I'm normally always around the ball. And I, and that's what I'm, you know, want to come do here at the Vegas and just be around the ball and, you know, show what I do best. Well, culture change could do that, right? From one yeah. school to another. Now that you're kind of back home. So now you're not, you know, away from home, focused the way you were. And you're into a bigger program, Power Five. So I can understand Funk or not, I mean, there's just a transition. There's just a, a yeah. little bit of a phase that you have to kind of get yourself right and settled in. Yeah. But talk about transitions. So you leave the collegiate game. So post-college, you made your transition into the professional game. I understand you had stints for the National Football League, Seattle Seahawks, obviously the XFL, uh, New York Guardians, and the Canadian Football League's Montreal Alouettes. Now, I've yeah. seen some pictures floating around. Were you, did you have any ties with the Ottawa? Well, I went to Ottawa for a little bit. Um, I honestly didn't like the, the the CFL. Like I like I was, I just didn't like CFL, like the rules and all of that. So like it didn't, I didn't blend in the CFL. Like I wasn't really like, I don't know how to to, to speak it. I, I like I like American ball, so like um, it didn't blend with me. Like the early you know movement and the twelve guys, like a lot of that stuff was just like. Like overdoing it to me. So like I didn't find my blend, but I also signed with Montreal and a lot happened. I had to get out that contract because it was like a lot of stuff going on and I ended up not even going there. I had to get out the contract. And then that's when I, you know, said I'm just going to wait for the XFL. So. Well, can you just walk us through? I know you didn't make the okay. the active roster with the Seahawks, but can you just kind of walk us through how that transition and what that was and how those opportunities come about? Because, you know, some guys, it just, drops in their lap, right? Yeah. And some guys, whether it's themselves or out there grinding, trying to contact every coach, whether it's the head coach, or OC, or in your case, it'd be the DC or every positional coach, just trying to find a way or changing agents multiple times. Now I'm not trying to walk you through it, but I mean, like the reality is so, everyone's journey is different. That's why I kind of ask whether you played power five or not. Some people is, is much more of a grind. So you just kind of walk us through, how these opportunities came, what order. I mean, I could have done all that, but I think it's better if it comes from you, right? It's okay. just because you're yeah. you're going to tell us in a way that, I mean, I'm only going to get bullet points. Yeah, I got you. Okay, uh, so I um, ended up doing a, like I thought, like, you know, I knew my draft had got depleted from, like, me not playing that much early in the season. So um, Seattle brought me in for actually for a mini camp, and um, I killed it. Like, I killed the mini camp. Um, they didn't sign me though that, that day. They didn't sign me, you know, after those three little days we do. They didn't sign me. They, you know, let me go home. I ended up doing a mini camp with the Saints also. They signed out there amazing there also. They and both coaches said, man, you're gonna you could be nice in this league. Like I got the the whole ripper rap or whatever. But then they brought me back um uh right before camp. And um like I did really well. I think only thing that was about it, um, I came in with two drafted linebackers, you know, like um, in the NFL, that's it's a business. So Seattle drafted two linebackers, and I was performing really well. I was doing everything that I needed to do. Um, I think I could have done a little more on special teams, but uh, I think it was more. It was more of a business. Like I even sat down with the GM, and it was like, "Hey, this is you know pretty much just business." Like you know, uh, investments was made. So I ended up you know didn't make that roster, which I felt like I should have made that roster. Uh, and I was literally the last person they cut on that roster. So I was like, I thought I made it. It was last day of cut. I'm like, I ain't got no call yet. And they got Jadavion over there, and then I kind of knew like I was gonna be the first man out. Um, and I was the first guy out. 
for that situation to get Jadavion, which we're different positions, but you know how it works, the numbers. Um, so then I um, did some little uh, workouts. I did a workout with Dallas, Cleveland, you know, nothing prospered there. So then I ended up signing with Ottawa, um, the Red Blacks. Um, but no, I, I signed with, um, I did the XFL first. I did the XFL. I went to um, the New York Guardians. Um, and um, that was a, man, that was an amazing time. Like the XFL was, it was like set up really professional. It was, uh, it was catering to us. It was, it was really nice. Um, and, you know, I was literally just getting my start that week when it folded. So it was like, it was like, oh, it was really hard. Cause I knew like, I, this is my moment. And then like, like the, the league folded. So uh, the COVID stuff happened and COVID has messed up a lot for me. So then I, you know, after that folded, um, it was like, move on to the next, what's my next thing. So we was out for that six, seven months or whatever until the next year. Um, and that's when I signed with Ottawa Red Blacks, which like I said, I went up there, but I truly like, I love the city. It was nice. I just didn't, that football is just different. It's weird to me. I don't really like it. Like it's, I couldn't buy into it. It was hard for me to buy into that, the whole different formats and everything, which I love football. I love the hidden and stuff. It's just some of the other stuff was just like, all right, that kind of, that's not even like football to me. I don't know. I don't mean to disrespect CFL. It's just, it was just tough, like for me to buy into the, the, the atmosphere of the CFL. So, um, and that was pretty much after that, it was like, now I'm with XFL and like, the biggest thing people don't know about it, my entire situation, um, I was making it happen for myself. Like I had an agent and uh, he wasn't messaging, sending my family. He wasn't doing nothing for me. And I'm like, I kept asking him like weekend and we got, and this is after Seattle. This is like me just asking my, like, Hey man, you sent my family. It's like, he giving me like reasons of like, Oh, this isn't, this isn't, Oh, this not, or they're not looking right now. Stuff like that. And I'm just like, I ended up getting tired of it. And I just got, I fired him. And man, I've been sending DMs every day, sending my family. I've been doing it. I pretty much became my own agent. And that's how I got into the new XFL. Like I literally messaged every GM, every GM, every DC, every head coach of, of this new XFL. And I'm like, hey man, this is my fam. This is what I do. I was getting in touch with so many people, just playing my own advocate. And um, I ended up talking to a lot of coaches and they was bringing me in for the little private workouts or whatever. And I was doing amazing. Like I even did the, um, I went to the uh, tryouts, paid the 250 for that. I did all that on my own, like no age. And I was just like, I'm going to do this myself. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get back into the plan ball myself. So um, I ended up talking to Jen and um, the Vipers. And man, they like, it, it, it happened like immediately. Like it hit it off before the draft happened. She was like, man, we would love you. Have, have you on stat, uh, have you on, you know, on the board and everything. So when draft come, hope we can get you. I thought I was honestly going to the, uh, the battle Hawks. Cause I talked to, to um, man, I forgot his name, uh, tight end, the, the coach legend. I forgot his name, but I talked to him yeah, I talked to him a lot. Like, I was talking to him a lot. Like, he was like, man, I think you, you're going to be great in this league. Like, it was a lot of conversations. He brought me in for the private workout. I did a well there. You know, we chatted up after the workout and everything. I thought So I thought I was going to be there. And then um, it didn't happen. Um, and Vipers drafted me, man. I'm so happy right now. My mindset is so clear, you know, um, and I'm just ready to get to work and show people what I do. I get around the ball. I take the ball away. And, you know, I hit people. So. That's that was like the biggest thing for me when I got drafted. And I cried. I, I cried like I cried. I was on the phone with Jen the whole time, crying like man. I was just coaching high school, and um, you know, like not even thinking I was gonna be playing ball. I'm sending all these messages thinking they're not gonna matter. And you called me and said, "Hey, uh, we we got you on board." What you told me is gonna get me, but you know, it, I've been past drafts. I've been passed up with drafts before, so I'm thinking like I just words. So, man, I got that call and she was like, "Hey, we picked you." Man, I I'm shedding tears. Dish coach Dish called me. 
Coach Dix called me also, and he was saying the same thing. Like, yeah, we'd love to have you on board. And then I shed the tears that entire time. And I was going through a breakup at the time. So, like, it was so much stuff just happening. Like, so much stuff happening. It's like, I'm going through a breakup. I'm going through, you know, my, my girl, t- she took my took my son away or whatever. I don't want to get into that. But, uh, and, like, literally, like, I'm, I'm laying in bed looking up, like, you know, like, damn, well, my life, like, my life just twisted. And then I get that call. And then it was like, I ain't gonna say instant relief, but it felt really well, man. I just broke down. Like, I literally broke down. Just, I couldn't help it. I broke down and just started crying. I cried for 30 minutes. Just like, man, that's God, you know? So, um, I feel it in the air and I know everything that I'm thinking of or I'm thinking about is gonna happen. And I ain't gonna put my, my goals and dreams out there because I, you know, I'm that, that, that personal is things I'm gonna attack. Uh, but I know it's all gonna happen and I'm manifesting it right now as we speak. I'm just gonna rewind it a little bit here. Not not that you didn't take us to a great place. It's great. You know, there's a lot there for me to chew on. You had a great time in 2020. You were just on the cusp of making, like you said, just a game and the rug gets pulled out from underneath you. But you had such a good impression and I'm assuming respect for what you had gotten to uh experience in 2020 that the XFL when it came out that Danny Garcia and Dwayne The Rock Johnson, River Capital, were buying it out of bankruptcy, did that give you a new lease on life? Like, okay, wait, wait this is still possible. Yes. It, when I saw Rock, because you got to understand, I'm a Rock fan. Like, I grew up watching The Rock. Like, wrestle. Like, he honestly fathered me in a way. Like, I wanted to be a wrestler. I realized he played football, and that's when I got into football. Like, it was so much stuff that, like, added up to me saying, hey, man, like, The Rock is doing this. Like, and it was just special. So when I saw The Rock, I'm like, man, I have to get in this league. I have to meet The Rock, which, you know, like, yeah, as people don't like saying, I'm a fan of The Rock, man. I'm going to be a fan of The Rock. That's that's the guy. So, um, like, it was just a special, special feeling knowing, like, hey, this league folded. But this guy, that he, and the way he mentioned about, like, he didn't make the the, the NFL. He was that 50th, 53rd guy. So, like, that. like all everything he was saying, it was like, man, this is the moment. This is the moment of capitalizing it. It felt really good knowing him and Danny was buying this league and, uh, you know, getting it back. And I feel like it's it's going to do some amazing things this year. So, and I'm looking so forward to it. I'm, ex- man, I'm so excited. I don't, like, it's just, it's so much excitement running through my body right now for this, for what's, for what's going to go on. So. So you mentioned that you put your own money, the $200 and change to go attend a showcase. What, what particular showcase did you attend? The Phoenix. I was trying to get to Dallas because I'm from, I mean, right. I'm, I live in Texas, so I was trying to get to Dallas, but it was booked. And man, um, I just like said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy something. So I bought a ticket to Phoenix, and um, went out there. I got me a little Airbnb, and and I did the workout. It was amazing. It went really well. It was a lot of guys out there, um, and I, like I made sure I, I made sure I set the part I had on a black and white sock. I had a long black sock, a long white sock, two different socks. I wanted to make sure I, you know, I looked different than everybody. I wanted to make sure I stood out in any way. They could say, hey, he's a guy with a mismatch cleats and socks or something. But, you know, I did everything I could to, you know, you know, stand out. And that was my biggest thing, stand out. And I went up there and I showed, I did really well. So it all was like magical. It's so, and it's still magical. I'm still thinking about like, man, I got drafted the other day. I'm still thinking about this stuff and I'm working out every day thinking about like, man, it's go time. So. So you also mentioned you had several workouts. So I'm assuming yeah. you mentioned you had multiple conversations with the Vipers, the Vegas Vipers leading up. Also with Coach Beck with uh, St. Louis Battlehawks. What other teams did you do private workouts with? 
Well, I didn't get, I was sent to DC, um, um, the DC worker. I didn't get to go to it. I had a, a I had a, um, cause I coached out of Houston, Northbrook, and, um, I didn't get to, cause it was during a game. I'm like, dang, I want to go, but I couldn't cause I would have to miss the game. So I didn't, didn't get to do that one, which, um, it was, um, I mean, everything happens for a reason, man. And soon I, dec- like I told him I want to better make that literally, like right after that, I got one for the St. Louis Battlehawks. So I was like, okay, then that's, that's just, you know, everything's happening. Everything's working. So, Draft day. Yep. Uh, I'm always kind of curious how people approach draft day. Everyone's has been different. Some people are like, I just treat it like a normal day. I went to work because, you know, everyone's still grinding. Everyone's trying to put food on the table. You know, when you're not living off an NFL salary, you got to work. You know, you're you're as blue collar as anybody. Everyone's yep. doing something different. Yep. But did, were you able to take the day off and pay attention to everything coming in? Were you working? I mean, how did you spend the day? Who did you surround yourself with? What'd you do? See, this is the this is the part that like my story gets sad about it because literally I'm I'm like I I'm I'm it's a, I, th- I think it was like a the school was out or something so I didn't have school or nothing. I'm at home. I'm going through a, a, a pretty bad breakup. Me and my girl are six years and she has my child. Um, we're literally separating. Like she had just recently left. She went home to her parents. So like I'm literally sitting in a bed. I'm not caring about what's going on. I'm just looking up at the ceiling like, man, what, what's going on in my life? Like, I need to change my life. I need to fix things. I need to, like, I'm I'm thinking about life at this point. Like, I need to fix things for myself. I need to make my, I need to become a better man, you know, for myself. And, um, you know, like, I'm not, like, I know I'm the draft going on. I'm not watching it. Though. It's like, my mindset is like, yeah, hopefully I get drafted, you know. And when I got the call, like, I think my mind just started blinking. I'm just literally just in bed, just, you know. Like I said, going through my motions and I got that call and it completely jumped me up out of bed and it just felt surreal because I said I've been through it. Like I said, I've been through a draft once, the NFL draft, and I watched my name not get called. So, like, I was, you know, I'm used to that part. I was used to that part not getting drafted. So, you know, I'm thinking like I probably don't get drafted. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep my head down and just, you know, worry about life because I'm thinking like if I don't get drafted, you know, what's next for me? I'm going through this, going through that. I need to, you know, keep worrying about life. And man, I got the call and I broke down. Like, I broke down. Heart was heavy, but it felt really good. And um, and like still to this day, I you know I'm going off. You know that's the biggest uh, pre workout is the heartbreak. So I'm still you know working my tail off, knowing that stuff like that. So uh, now nah, it's it's been a journey, and I'm the journey is just starting. I just want the world to know that. So some people have that chip on their shoulder, right? Now getting drafted. Some people have it where they get drafted. You know, I can't believe I didn't get taken. Like here you were selected in the 11th round of the defensive front seven segment with the 81st pick. So, I mean, you weren't forced to go to day two in the open rounds or anything like that. But the reality is you were fairly late. Does that put a chip on you? You know, kind of look at my phone. My phone is circled last linebacker of the draft I'm 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 locked in trust me I'm the chip is it's a boulder right now like my mindset is is, is working triple overtime right now like I'm I'm ready to go Ben I, I'm so ready to go like that's just my mindset I look at that, that every day um last linebacker you know of XFL I mean of the Vipers every, I, like I just I'm peeping it like and my mindset is all right it's go time it's time for me to shock the world and show them what I do and I, and I know what I do so like I'm gonna come in and they're gonna be surprised by how I play like so that's like my mindset is clear. Yes. So you, we're right on the same page. I, like we are thinking I like right now. Well, cause when you're talking about you having these conversations, right? Jen, who is 
well-respected, you know, yeah. in this day and age, you know, it's finally like, you know, if this was 10 years ago, people would be like, why is she coaching? Like she is so respected. Any, like even like people that are in the game, people that are fans know that she's the real deal. But I mean, like so much has changed, but yet it hasn't because you kind of slid. You had those conversations with coach back and you're almost like, well, man, I thought I'm going here. Well, so yeah. late, the thing about going so late in the 11th round, the 81st pick of that defensive front seven segment is that St. Louis had every opportunity in every round before that to select you. So I can see how that adds even a little bit more fuel. Not, it's not that, okay, I got selected in the second round of it, and maybe they were had eyed me at three or four. They had every opportunity. So it's like, okay, you wanted me, but you didn't want me that bad. Now I got to prove you're wrong. I got to prove it to you that you you made a mistake. You should take. And I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but I I'm I'm feeling it, right? I could see it in your demeanor how you're like, you know what? And, it and, is what and, it is, man. And honestly, I didn't want to get I didn't want to get drafted early. I wanted this. This is what I wanted. I wanted that chip. I wanted a reason to even be more motivated. And I'm not saying that just say yeah, I wanted to be drafted early. But in, in reality, actuality, I wanted this is what I wanted. You know, I want to tip on my shoulder. I want to come in and let people know, hey, no matter what, what round you're drafted, we all got to run around in these cleats. We all got to hit people. So, like, my mindset is, is, is I'm good. Like, I'm, I'm locked in. I'm, I'm, I'm not mad. I'm, I'm motivated. So, like, I'm ready to go. So, like, that's, that's as clear as I can say it. So, we've seen it with Tom Brady. How late that sixth round draft pick. And I know that it's not the norm, but the man has, Rings not only on one hand, it started on the other. And I understand he's 45 years old or whatever, but the reality is there's something in that that fuels people. And not that he wasn't probably better than what he got selected. I mean, but the reality is he had to prove it. He had to work hard for it, maybe study harder, you know, and pay more attention to the game, but whatever it is. So here you are. You got a heck of a team that you're with. Now, I don't know if you've ever listened to my show before. When the draft happened, I understand we still have a supplemental draft to go. When the draft came out, I didn't put grades on it. But I, up right from you know that moment, said the Vegas Vipers, I believe, is the team. So they're the A team. And B, right shortly behind them, is the Arlington Renegades. So I, I think you're on the team. I think Coach Woodson and Jen... You know, Hall of Famer. I mean, you're yeah. you're playing for Hall of Famer. He doesn't matter if he's coached or not that much. But the reality is, you're you're going to play for a Hall of Famer, and Jen is well respected. And then you look at the unit you're even with. The offense looks amazing, yeah. really good. And I understand yeah. this is the XFL, and everyone's like, "Well, it's the next can't be that amazing." But I mean, you look at some of the guys that played. Bryant, you yeah. know, w- when he was playing in the NFL, he put nice. up some numbers. Nice, nice. He was nice a solid alternative quarterback. So I can see all of it. But then you're playing in your linebacker core, your unit there with a former all pro. Yeah. Big so, I mean, we, got, yeah. we got some other guys too that's 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 really nice. And um uh, and like we've I'm not I don't know if coach wants us to mention the defense, but the defense, how it looks and everything, it looks like fucking amazing. So uh I'm not bad for cussing, but it looks you're good. Like, you're good. It looks everything looks like it's gonna uh match up. And like at the end of the day, yeah, we look like the 
a team or whatever. But at the end of the day, like I said, we all got to run around the cleats and um, make it happen because, you know, on paper, a lot of people always look better. So we got to come out there and make sure we are better, you know. So, but nah, um, I love the team. I like, I, I was completely happy how it turned out that I turned out on the Vipers because I love the team. I love Jen. I love Coach. Uh, I love, I love everybody. And Coach Dish, you, you didn't mention Coach Dish. Coach Dish was in a, like, he's got a big resume in the NFL, like a cornerback, solid guy. So, uh, like, we have a, a, a lot of coaches on staff that's like, you know, well-known, and, and I look forward to getting there with all of them. Well, Juwan, I wasn't trying to name-drop everybody. I mean, no, yeah, yeah. The, the roster looks so good for an ex, for an XFL team that even in some way, it looks like it's better than an XFL team I mean, to me. Yeah. And I'm not trying to say every guy is NFL, but I mean, like, even when I look down through some of the coaches, I'm like, I could have name-dropped for the next five minutes, but that's how good I think this roster is. But now that kind of puts a bullseye on you guys. So that's kind of, yeah, you got the chip, but now you also got to like, okay, I'm, I still got to prove that I was that 11th round pick, but now yeah. I'm on a team that I, does it kind of add a little bit more that, okay, I'm trying to prove it for myself, but now I got to prove for the team that we are what people think we are. Does that kind of factor in as well? I don't think, I don't, I don't think um, proven to, Anyone but us is the thing. I think more like we're going to push each other. And like I'm the 11th, right? What I can't even remember. Like I don't, I didn't even, I can't remember, but I'm the last linebacker pick. I know that. So imagine me. I'm trying to I'm say exactly push. that way, but yeah, the I, last. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to push whoever that's, you know, that's there. Like you're going to have to show me you're better than me. I'm, I'm going to show you the same thing. And then when game time come around, we're going to help each other out. So like, that's the mindset. And I think with that mindset, it ain't going to matter who's lining up in front of us. Cause we're going to get each other better to the point where, Hey, we're going we're gonna to come out and try to put some points up on y'all and try to shut y'all out completely. So that's, that's going to be the mindset. I'm sure. And um, we've had our team defensive team meetings and it's seen pretty close. So hey, we want to move around, we want to cover everything and we want the lights out. So. So you mentioned, your defensive team meetings. I've had a bunch of draftees on since obviously the draft and they've been talking about having their either zoom or Skype meetings going over the playbook. And some guys have even shared that they've met up in their city. The players themselves have gotten the units together without the coaches and they're already starting to work together to build that camaraderie. What is it exactly you guys done? Are you guys doing more of the playbook? Are you guys yeah, kind of doing some other things? Can you kind of just walk us through what you're doing before you report on the sixth and uh, start camp on the seventh? See, we haven't we haven't dove in that much. I know offense have you know defense is a little different. Like um like we ain't got to get in tune with each other with passing routes and stuff. So I, I I believe our offense has met up a few times. I've seen a few guys. I don't know if I was supposed to be mentioning this, but um I've seen guys some of our offensive players getting together in like Cali or. Um, other places also throwing balls, but defense personally, I've worked out with a few guys just that that was in Houston um, on the team. I'm not going to mention their name just in case, you know, but I worked out with a few guys that's on our the same roster as me. So um, like, I'm sure everyone is linking up any way they can. And I think, I think the most important part of this league is going to be who can, who can come together the fastest. So, um, so that's going to be a big thing uh, of, of building that team bond. That's, you know, unbreakable early. So, um, no, definitely. I, I know a lot of people are working and we're going over playbook and stuff like that right now. So that's that's what I've been diving into. I've been diving to everything that I can, trying to come in there and just flying around. I ain't got to think too much. So that's been my process. So obviously we know that the camp is pretty short. Essentially camp starting on the 7th of January. 
We know the first game is supposed to be February 18th. So we know that's a short window. We know there's going to be all supplemental drafts. There's going to be some more players that be factored into um, the workouts and before the rosters are finalized and stuff. How similar is this iteration of the XFL that you've seen from the draft, what you're doing with the playbook, to what you experienced back in 2020? Um, see, back in 2020, I didn't get drafted. I um, I was in the open, open draft. I was in the open phase. But um, it was not – actually, this is more professional than it was then. Like, we um, did, like, a mini, mini camp. That was kind of like not really. It shouldn't have been. It shouldn't have happened because it wasn't well prepared back in 2020. But then we got for camp. I think they learned from that mini camp though. And when we got to actual camp, it was operated a lot better. But now, see, we're going straight into camp. Like the first week, um, the first week of it is going to be like um, workouts and you know just getting your body ready, acclimated for what's going to go down. And then we're going into camp. So um, and you know we got to do like measurables, you know everything weighed all that all that stuff's going to come in first so the first you know week probably it's not going to be any running around it's going to be more probably walkthroughs and things like that so we even got a shorter cap now that we speak of that so gotcha i just try to get a a feel for it right and i kind of just chat with each guy that's been selected and kind of just see what each of the teams are doing and kind of uh you know i haven't had anybody that had played in the xfl previously since being selected this time around to compare those two situations. And you had mentioned how professional it was before, but you were even saying how this is more professional, which I know there's a, I know there's a lot of fans out there that kind of feel like this iteration of the XFL is not giving us enough information. When I keep saying they look like they're on the same timetable, but if you're saying they're even more professional means they're very well prepared behind the scenes it doesn't matter what they have on social media. It doesn't matter what they're saying in local markets or anything like that. Yeah, they're 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 being very proud of right now, and I think it's it works better that way, you know, because it adds more anticipation, more fans, more people want to know things than just putting it all out on the table like 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 they did in twenty twenty. Everything was out known, like like no surprises or nothing. Like like the uniforms, like it built more anticipation, knowing like hey, and these uniforms dropping a, a week from now. And instead of we waited what last time we saw it's gonna be we saw the date from like six months uniform like everything was so lined up and it was just like ah it's too it's too, it's not enough anticipation because we know everything is coming so now um, I think this is gonna be a, like I said great and they're doing stuff behind the closed doors like literally on our zooms I see all the coaches together in one room and like where I, I guess our meeting rooms and stuff so like they're already set up like everything's already in place it's just they're not you know being spoken about they even told us where we're staying everything which I don't, I'm not gonna mention because I don't know so if I should but they don't do that because you're gonna have a bunch of people in the lobby you're gonna have people yeah, running up yeah. and down trying to knock yeah, on doors so to meet you guys they have everything yeah. they have everything set up to where like they told us hey this is what we're doing and i know media don't know about it so like we're like we're we're well put up so well i mean i know it'd be awesome to show up and fans are like wow mike what are you saying that for come on man but the reality is you guys are still chasing the dream yeah. and to anybody come in and throw a wrench into that and kind of mess things up or put some players in some bad situations because we've seen some things happen with the USFL this last time around. You know, we just don't need need that to happen. So I hope people that even if they do figure it out somehow because they work for some hotel and their buddy or something, come on. I, I just hope people let you guys do what you got to do because you guys are professionals. And uh, if we're fans of the league, we want to see 
the league succeed, but you know, it is so important it, with it being a developmental league that you guys get the chance to get to where you want to go. And that's yeah. the national football league. And, and I, and I know, I don't know about most guys, but I'm like, I said, I'm locked in hundred percent. So like, I'm not even worried about the crowd or anything. I'm locked in right now to the, the, the task at hand. So even if someone did know the room, Hey, hi, bye. I'm, you know, I'm, that's going to be me. I'm, I'm pretty locked in. Like I said, I know right now for me, this is, you know, most of us, this is our last shot. So, you know, not exactly our very last shot, but, you know, this is a great opportunity for us to get back to where we want to be. And the coaches have mentioned that, like told us blatantly, like, hey, we want to get as many of you guys back into the NFL as possible. So, like, that's that, it feels great even hearing our coaches say that. So, uh, like, it's, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's been going great as of far, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm so ready. It's a, it's a lot of excitement being built. Okay, I'm going to ask you one last thing before oh, that, we you, start you're to fine, segue man, out you're here. Fine. Okay. You're fine. You're fine. I don't want you to let the cat out of the bag if you know it, all right? Because I don't want you to get in trouble because I, I know. So please don't do that. And I, I know fans or whoever's listening are probably, Mike, what are you doing? If he's going to slip something. No, I don't, I don't want you to slip it up. I just am curious. Do you know, have they told you, seeing that you're playing for the Vegas Vipers, have they told you, what the home stadium is. Are you aware of what stadium you will be playing your home games in in Vegas? We are. I honestly know. And I don't think they're going to tell us. I think they have a good idea, but I don't think they're going to tell us until Tom. I, I, I'm pretty sure they know, though. Like, I'm pretty sure they know. Okay, because I know for whatever reason that just has not been announced. But I didn't want you to say the stadium because I know it, I didn't want you to control. But I'm just curious because how much they've told you so you could potentially prepare yourself, you know, family members that may be interested in, but I think you're right. It would make sense to kind of still keep that a little close to the vest because if you said they shared it with you and you just said it to a family member or something, then it could get out. So I get, I was just curious if you were aware, that's all. No, I know that I'm hundred percent sure they have it. They know what they're doing, but they haven't told us exactly. So I couldn't tell you if I wanted to. So no, it's all good. Well, Jawan, it has been a pleasure and I appreciate you coming coming out to the show to Please share so your journey, your draft experience, just, just chatting it up. It's really been a pleasure. So I really hope you make the team. You really get to show yourself and the Vipers and you know, I'm, I'm a guardians season ticket holder. So it's going to be tough to say, I think you guys are the team. So, you know, I hope you guys live up to the hype, you know, and, and we're, and we're definitely, we're definitely after a championship and I know I'm going to make this team. So like, those are some bold statements. Like I said, we're going to get this championship. That's we're going to get it. We have no choice. So, and uh, thanks for having me again. It was it's been a great time and a great great opportunity to be on your podcast. So thank you again. Okay, you know, and if it if it works out in the future, I'd love to have you come back so we just kind of talk about how things are going. You know, whether it's in the season, maybe after the season, however it works out. You know, if I reach out and you're like Mike, you know, now's not a good time, or you need to talk to the league, or how, however it needs to be, you tell me, and I'm not going to try to bother you too much. So. You know, I'd just love to have you come back if it's possible. Yeah, we'll definitely, we'll definitely do that. Okay, so let's take a quick moment before we jump off here. If some of my listeners wanted to follow you and your journey, where, where could they follow you on social media? Um, you can find me on Instagram at slug1, S-L-U-G dot O-N-E. Um, on Instagram, on, on Twitter, and everything else, Juwan Johnson, J-A-W-U-A-N Johnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N. Um, follow me. Um, you know, that's 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 my social media. I don't. I'm only on 
Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So that's All right. Perfect. Thank you, Juwan. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Seeing we are in the middle of the holiday season, I appreciate Juwan taking the time to discuss his career and XFL experience. I can't help but want to root for players like him who are committed to the game and in cases like this, help promote shows. As we close out 2022, I would like to take a moment to look back on the year the show has had. In total, the show has had 58 episodes. Of those, 52 episodes were from 2022, which has been vital in establishing a solid foundation and set a new standard as we approach 2023. To simply put it, 2022 was a big year for our show. We went from averaging 20-minute episodes and not having guests regularly to not only expanding episodes in length, but consistently booking guests, and legitimate ones at that. It is important to acknowledge those who have contributed to the show by taking the time to come on to discuss topics related to the XFL. So a gigantic thank you to the following. Brian Roth, Burt Tears, Mike Mitchell, Dean Blandino, Dantes Bird, James Larson, Seth Lessons, Dan Lust, Tony Ilacostas, Jake Sutherland, Tyler Jones, Steve Guerra, Prince Shinola, Garrett Pemilton, Dorian Bowie, Mike Brown, Jake Boschever, Greg Parks, Khalil Patterson, Shannon Warren, Rashid Ross, Aaron Nelson, Jawan Hamilton, Shahan Williams, Andre Sims, Darian Freeman, Isaiah Houston, Justin Arth, Rod Peterson, Shane Simpson, Bobby Fralick, Alan Snell, Justin Clarkston, Sam Just, Bryson Aileen, Tommy Ojay, Jason Spurgeon, Sean Page, Van Hurst, and now adding Jawan Johnson to the list. I feel it is necessary to credit each of these guests. Without them, the show would not be where it is today. Further looking back, a few significant events also impacted the show. Attending the Florida Showcase, where I had the opportunity to interview Doug Whaley, Anthony Beck, Terrell Buckley, and Rod Woodson. As well as the rebranding from Let's Talk XFL to Player 54 Podcast. But most importantly, it is each of you, the listeners. Your continued support has fueled us to push the show to new heights. Thank you. That's enough of looking back at 2022. Now we have the much-anticipated 2023 to look forward to. Unfortunately, we do not have any fan line messages this week. If you have a comment, question, or hot take and would like it to be heard on the show, reach out to the fan line by calling 863-TALK-XFL or 863-825-5935. Doing so, your message could be included in an upcoming episode. All good things must come to an end. This concludes another episode of Player 54 Podcast. As always, I am interested in receiving your feedback. So do not be a stranger. Reach out to let me know your thoughts. And if you do so, your comments might just make it on the show. But before you go, do not forget to subscribe and rate the show on your platform or choice. One last thing. If you're interested in checking out our friends over at Royal Retros by 503 Sports, do not forget to click on the link in the show's description and notes. 
as well as that sweet code, Let's Talk XFL, or 10% off your purchase. Thank you for tuning in. Till next time, cheers. Thank you for tuning into today's show. Don't forget to subscribe and rate Player 54 Podcast on your platform of choice. You can follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Player 54 Podcast. Do you have a question or topic you would like to have addressed on the show? Message the show via social media or send an email to player54podcast at gmail.com.